Welcome to another special Thanksgiving episode of the Frosty Perenni Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me, Tony Perenni. Derek, good to be back. Uh, glad I could come on after what was the uh, Tony Parenti roast episode in the last one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing the barbs will be a little as dangerous this time with me actually on it. But uh, I, I, I had a good laugh at my expense. Don't worry. <laughs> Listen, we had a great laugh at your expense also. Uh, like I said, I've, I've said it many times. There's nothing I love more than roasting you uh, to your face, but more so behind your back. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, so any, t- you know, when I can get when I can get Vince and Joe in there to to join in and to egg it on, then it's going to be no holds barred, and yeah, it's it's going to be fully at your expense. So I had a great time last week. It was essentially just me and Steve getting buried for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right, is our most listened to episode? Fuck you guys. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I have, uh, you know, every so often I get some some texts and some messages about like, hey, that was a great episode or whatever. Um, I got a ton of feedback last week. Absolutely loving the direction we went. So uh, look for more of that. You know, hey, listen, I I'm I, I do what the listeners want. And that is more just roasting on you. So um, that's going to be the new direction we go, I think. Yeah, I guess you can't argue with ratings, but uh, eventually we're going to throw that right back at you. So just as long as you're ready. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right, Tony. Well, I think without further ado, uh, we got to we have to introduce something new that we're adding into the Frosty and Perenni podcast. And that is that our, our number two intern, Vince Gorgonzola, is incredibly talented. You hear his his talents, his skills during the theme song every week. And he has graciously given us his musical talents again as we have some background music for our opening segment, The Super Cold Open, uh, where you'll get to hear it live here in a, bit, in a second when we start. Um, but, but Vince is uh, incredibly talented musically and so has, has given us this soundbite that we're going to use. We're super, super pumped for it. Yeah, I kind of tasked him uh, earlier in the year with uh, so just kind of threw it out there to see if he was interested in doing it or not. But uh, like an NFL primetime type music to to play behind uh, when we're doing the highlights from the week before. And I, I played for the NFL primetime uh, bit for him and just like kind of gave him the idea that it needs to be like some fanfare-ish type music and uh uh, naturally with Vince, he just, he went right after it. I, I, I kind of left it in his court as to whether he wanted to do it or not. I didn't tell you about it because I wanted you to be surprised if it came through and uh, it voided it ever. And, uh, he's, he's delivered again. And uh, it's good to have somebody that talented on your crew uh, to be able to just work something like that up right away for you. Like that's, that's something even like big mainstream podcasts don't have. So uh, big deal for our show. Oh yeah. No, it, it's it's awesome. So uh, let's let's get right into it with our super cold open presented by Modine's Three Letterkenny's premier home for puppers, lager, and in our first game we're going to talk about Tony is your Pretoria FC taking on Tyler Kerr's Save by LaBelle, and this game went pretty much exactly as we projected last week with your team winning one thirty five to ninety six. 
Uh, Kerr had Wayne Gallman and 49ers defense on by, and really he got 30 points out of Robert Woods uh, and 18 out of Devontae Parker, but nowhere near enough to compete with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who puts up nearly 21, Devontae Adams, who puts up 23.6. You're able to overcome that Dolphins defense, giving you negative one to get that 135 overall. How did you feel going into this game and coming out of this game? Uh, I felt pretty good going in, and uh, especially when I saw that he didn't have people uh, in his lineup as usual. Um, and uh, didn't, didn't really get a chance to listen to last week's podcast until about uh, late Sunday. So I didn't, I didn't hear Joe's challenge to only start seven guys for me. Uh, <laughs> but if it's any solace to him, it, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. Actually, if benching my defense, I would have actually done better for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I felt like it was a pretty good showing for my team. I think they're kind of starting to round in the form a little bit. I got Dallas Goddard back now from injury. A uh, lot of issues there in Philly, but he's still getting fed pretty well. Um, it, was, it was a down week for Alvin Kamara, and that, that's going to be something to, to watch on my end as to how that offense in New Orleans is going to look now with Taysom Hill running it. Uh, what that's going to look like for his passing game work, because he was very uninvolved in this last game, which was actually the opposite of what I thought it was going to be once Hill came in. I thought he was going to get even more targets. Um, so that's going to be something to watch out for uh, moving forward, but uh, don't want to jinx anything too much, but it seems like my team's starting to get healthy going into the playoffs here. Um, I'm excited about the direction. And uh, I, I believe uh, I believe there we have a manager change on, on the side of Saved by LaBelle. Is that correct? Uh, so not quite a manager change, Tony. Um, Tyler Kerr is still the manager. Uh, he's still a coach. He's still he's still the the lead there, um, but he has reached out to ask for a little bit of um, some advising. So I I have taken the role of advisor to Tyler Kerr. Um, so you know, giving him some tips, uh, kind of being that encouragement to to set his lineup. Um, I think I'm pretty much an assistant. Uh, I carry around a clipboard and uh, a, a thermos of coffee, and as he asks for for different things, I provide that. Um, and pretty much every morning of a game, uh, a game day, I will encourage him to set his lineup and w- provide him with those uh, those suggestions to do so. So, so Tyler Kerr is still the coach, uh, still running the show. But uh, like Jerry Jones should have done many years ago, he said, hey, uh, you know, maybe I need a little assistance. That's good. It's just, just good to know you're back in the league there, even if it's just brief. Um, I, think, I think it really helps having two, two podcast hosts that are both uh, active participants in the league. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to you stepping in on Sunday mornings and uh, setting his lineup for him when he has those buys in there. It's going to be... <laughs> It's definitely going to be something that's needed. And I think most of the people in the league are going to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like I said, just, you know, I'm in an advising role, not uh, not completely taking over the team. I don't want it to be painted like that. But uh, I I will be I will be assisting, much like when the Colts hired Jim Tressel. It's like, hey, we, uh, we're not going to have you coach. We're just going to have you, you know, just uh, take a little look. Give us some suggestions. Uh, make sure we're not screwing up. And maybe we'll bring a national championship. Um, you know, so Tyler Kerr obviously is still destined for the toilet bowl. 
uh, playoffs. He he cannot mathematically come out of that. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know what what I can provide to that team now. Um, full disclosure, I mean of of the the two years I was in it with the the ACT, so we'll call it the modern era. Um, I was in the toilet bowl playoffs both both years. Uh, the first year in the toilet bowl championship. Um, so I do not want to compare myself to a Jim Trestle. Uh, I would be, I would be more like bringing in, um, you know, a uh, a Hugh, um, a Hugh Jackson, a Hugh Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that's probably more along the lines of like, hey, this guy, this guy sucks, but uh, he'll make but sure I know. Him, so uh... yeah. yeah, so <laughs> so yeah. Anybody who's sitting there going like, oh, that's not fair. Like, no, like let's let's take a step back and remember. <laughs> Um, how terrible I am at fantasy football, and uh, it's probably not going to do a damn thing. So uh, the real question is, if he if he gets to the toilet bowl and loses again, has to take the ACT. Uh, do you have to take the ACT too? Like, do you have to take the math section for him? Uh, what's how's how's this working? Well, that's a good question, Tony. I don't I don't have an answer for that at this point in time. Um, that has not been discussed. It's not part of my. Co- I haven't actually had a contract put in front of me yet. Um, there's more of a verbal agreement. So listen, we're going to let the agents figure that part out. Um, but I will say this. Uh, I have no intention of having Saved by LaBelle in, the, in, in danger of having that conversation. So we will cross that bridge when we come to it. And my sincere hope and expectation is we don't cross that bridge. I've said it before. Tyler Kerr's team is not that bad if the lineup is set. So I think if we if we do that, if we can get to a set lineup, um, I, I've already advised him on a few roster changes, and we'll see that uh, as we look forward to next week. But um, you know, I don't I don't foresee us being in that situation, Tony. So I'm going to defer that question uh, and, and say let's talk about that when that time comes. But right now we're not thinking about that. We're thinking about Week 12. Uh, we're thinking about you know doing our best. We have to win one of two games in the toilet bowl. Enjoyable playoffs, and that's that's really where our minds are at right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if you guys can get that first W this week with, with you on staff. Uh, you look like the man if you come in and win right away. So um, we'll, we'll go through uh, we'll go through playoff scenarios here in a little bit to go to talk through who else is in that that picture. As you mentioned, you're you're not not 100 sold that it's going to be Ty's team that is taking the ACT again. So we'll have to go through the, the other teams that are in that, in that spot as well. So, um, but it'd be great if you could jump in and get them a win right off the bat. So a uh, big week for you guys coming right in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it. I'll say this. It's been, it's been a little bit fun to kind of, you know, you approach, you approach it differently when you're, you know, just talking about the podcast side of it versus when you're talking about, you know, the advising side of it where, you know, I, I'm looking at who's picking up who and who's dropping who. And, um, you know, already I've made I made a bad a bad suggestion for how much Ty should uh, should wager for a waiver wire. And uh, we lost it. We lost it because we didn't put up enough money. Um, and so you're kind of kicking yourself because you're like, well, we have all hundred dollars still. And we uh, we didn't put up enough like we could out we could out buy anybody in the league. And we didn't. So, you know, hey, still learning, uh, you know, and still trying to, to figure out exactly, 
you know, how the how everything works now since I've been out of it for a couple years. But uh, excited to get back into it to to uh, this little bit that I am. Um, and we'll see what that means for next year. Uh, we, you know, we still have a, a waiting list for folks to come into the league. So, um, you know, if, if we're at a spot where there is is nobody interested in picking up the team, then, you know, I, I may be back in a, a full capacity. Um, but if there's if there are other folks who who want to take over a team, then then by all means, um, they uh, they get first shot at that stuff. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm excited for these last four weeks of the season. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna get tie at least one win. That's my goal. Uh, is at least one win, preferably in those last two weeks where it really matters. That'd be epic. If, if you can get him in there and avoid the toilet bowl and uh, one of these other guys, Dave, Steve, Kevin, has to, has to take it, uh, that would be an epic change of direction for where the league was headed for this year. So uh, I'm here for the podcast content if that, if that happens for sure. Yes, and I, I do fully expect some backlash from the other teams in the toilet bowl who thought it was going to be an easy, like, oh, Ty's going to have to do it. Um, I do expect some backlash from that. Uh, but, you know, hey, um, the way to avoid the toilet bowl, the way to avoid taking the ACT is for your team not to suck. So if you do that, then you're going to be fine. And if you don't, then you're going to be taking the ACT. Um, and if, if that means that, that the combination of Tyler and I are, are the worst team, then, then so be it. But let's move on here, Tony. Tim Taft's Leave It to Beasley goes up against the buzzsaw that is Mike Engine Thrones' Bonnie McMurray. Mike puts up 175 versus Tim's 103. Tim was uh, was relying on Tua Tagovailoa. Only puts up 7.3 for him. Darren Waller puts up 21. Cooper Cup shows up with 25. But not enough to overcome Todd Gurley only putting up four. Juju Smith-Schuster puts up six. T. Higgins only puts up 5.6. Obviously, we saw Joe Burrows go down. And and boy, what a gruesome injury. Uh, I feel bad for for Joey there on that. So um, T. Higgins wasn't able to really get a whole lot out of that game. On the other side, though, Deshaun Watson puts up 31.3. Dalvin Cook gives him 25. Taysom Hill doing that combination tight end quarterback Mike gets a big benefit out of that as Taysom Hill puts up 24.4 he was able to figure it out in the second half um, ESPN has changed Taysom Hill's designation moving forward to quarterback uh, exclusively so that was kind of a one-time thing for for Mike there but really was able to benefit from it getting 24.4 and then Tyreek Hill puts up 27 so really an all-around great game for the Bonnie McMurray squad yeah, this Bonnie McMurray team is scary, Derek, uh, especially after last week's uh, trade with Dave that, that broke on the podcast. Uh, if Christian McCaffrey comes back healthy, he's going to be really tough to beat come playoff time because Deshaun Watson's already playing at a very high level. Dalvin Cook was already playing like one of the top guys in fantasy. Uh, McLaurin has been steady as can be out there, and, and Tyreek potential to go off for him. So, um not a lot of holes in that lineup right now. Um, I, it, it's looking like he could be one of the teams to beat because even even if you go down and look at, at his bench right now, you have you have Allen Robinson, who's uh, a decent 
decent receiver out there, regardless of who's throwing him the ball. Antonio Brown obviously has potential to to go off on any given week if he gets to the point where uh, he's become a consistent enough piece in that offense to use. Uh, and Michael Pittman Jr. really coming along for the Colts. So his, his lineup is loaded right now. And uh, I think he solidified himself as a big-time contender this year when he's he's swung that deal for McCaffrey. If he comes back healthy, I'm not sure I want to face him come playoff time. On the other side of the docket, leave it to Beasley, Tim's team. Um, you know, he, he's been living with the Bills for most of the year, and the Bills were on a bye, so he kind of had to survive that week, and yeah, puts up a 103-point showing as a result. Uh, Big week out of Cooper Cup, big week out of Darren Waller, but uh, that Burrow injury is going to hurt him when it comes to T. Higgins. Uh, Juju's kind of been all over the place. Uh, that ball's been getting spread around quite a bit in Pittsburgh, so he hasn't quite been as steady as he'd hoped. Uh, and uh, Tua did not have a great day. Ends up getting benched out there in Denver last week for for Fitzpatrick. So. Um, Tim had to survive a Josh Allen bye week and just wasn't able to do it. His guys didn't come through for him. But I think once those guys come back, um, with, the, with the way that Bill's offense has been uh, really throwing the ball around and they, they've been pretty explosive all year, I think he's going to be in pretty good shape come playoff time as well. I, I think he gets the right matchups in the playoffs. Uh, he's going to be a dangerous team as well. So this was a good little playoff preview this week with these two teams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, Mike's team is super, super scary coming in. He, he's sitting uh, in a, a spot where he's second in the B team division behind Charlie Thurber, but only a game back. So as we go through moving forward into the last two weeks of the season, you know, if Mike can can overcome Charlie and get that that first place and we'll talk, like you said, we'll talk more about playoff scenarios, uh, but that will be that'll be huge for Mike. Otherwise, I'm yeah, I. I would say at this point, Mike has to be one of the favorites uh, for for playing in the championship game, just based off of how scary his team is and <laughs> how much scarier it got uh, with the Christian McCaffrey piece. Um, and McCaffrey's expected to come back, so uh, the the Panthers have a bye week, week 13, and then he's expected to come back basically for the first week of the playoffs. So that'll be that'll be fun if he is. Um, and trying to figure out if he's going to last the whole game or not, because he really, McCaffrey hasn't been able to play much this season. No, but but if he gets through the entire game, you know he's a lock for twenty plus points. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, that is definitely dangerous and a savvy move by Mike this week, picking up Taysom Hill and then throwing him in the tight end spot and taking advantage of that one week gap, uh, basically just. Uh, guaranteed himself a victory for the weeks and it was a good move by him he knew that that qb tight end designation wasn't going to stick around very long but he was able to take advantage of it while it was so that's a that's a veteran fantasy move right there by him and it pays off big yeah and that's really we don't see that situation happen you know there's been some flexes of like you know wide receiver tight end that kind of stuff but quarterback tight end yeah I, i was i was impressed by that move by mike uh, for like you said, a veteran veteran fantasy football move from a rookie coach in the league. Uh, so so good for you, Mike. That was that was fantastic. Moving on, Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge gets a gets a win versus Dave Pestians, the little Sebastians. Not a high there as Charlie wins this one, a one hundred eight point five to seventy seven point six. 
For Charlie, he gets a 20-point showing out of Kyler Murray and a 19-point showing out of Michael Thomas. We talked about Alvin Kamara not benefiting from Taysom Hill. Michael Thomas did. Will Fuller puts up 14. Chiefs defense, unfortunately, puts up zero. But it was enough to overcome the struggle week out of Pestian squad. Matt Stafford only puts up 7.6. Naheem Hines, who's been kind of hot and cold, Jekyll Hyde, if it, to use Tony's phrase, uh, only puts up 8.3. And Antonio Gibson puts up 17. Not a bad showing, but Ravens deep defense puts up zero. Kicker Matt Prater puts up negative one. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's concerning to me when Pestian puts most of his eggs in the Detroit Lions basket with Matt Stafford, TJ Hawkinson, Matt Prater, and then Indianapolis has good defense, but struggles a little bit about at running back. And Peshin puts in two Indianapolis Colt running backs uh, with Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. So just a little bit odd there. Um, you're kind of getting the the worst of you're getting the best and the worst out of having two running backs from the same team as your RB one and RB two. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure Dave's heard of uh, diversification very much. But, uh, uh, t- today's the day for him, though, if he likes some Lions. Uh, Turkey Day. Throw throw those guys out there. They, they usually have one game a year where they, they come to play. It could be today. So uh, if, if he's super committed to getting those Lions in the lineup, today's probably the day to do it. Um, but th- this is just kind of completing a death spiral for for Dave's team right now I'm, I'm going back through his schedule right now it's I'm, I'm counting seven of the last eight weeks he's lost now and of those weeks he's failed to hit 100 points and four of them and just barely cleared 100 another one so um, not only is he losing but he's not putting up points in the process either I think uh uh, we, we were just talking about, you know, if it's not Ty and not not your your team that you're advising now, who ends up uh, having to take that ACT, who could it be? I think Dave's team might be a prime candidate for it, just based off where the points are falling for him or, or not falling for him. Uh, more exact, I, I'm not sure that he may have wanted to keep keep a hold of Christian McCaffrey for the toilet bowl playoffs just to keep him out of it. And he doesn't have that security blanket for him now too. Uh, what do you think, Derek? Yeah. I, the, you know, we talked about stars, stars and scrubs for Dave and it has become damn near all scrubs. Uh, Deandre Hopkins is kind of the bright spot there, but everybody else, you know, so I'm looking closer at his, his current lineup. He has three Detroit lions, two Indianapolis Colts and two Arizona Cardinals. But he only has five teams represented on his roster. Um, he and, and like both running backs from Indianapolis, two of his wide receivers are from Arizona. Like you are just putting so much on a couple teams that it just it's it's really, really questionable. And like last week, we saw that he had a guy on bye week who was in the roster. And so, like, I don't know if if Dave is kind of, you know, hey, I'm I'm going to be in the in the toilet bowl, and so, you know, whatever, I'm just gonna take that and wear it and turn it on later. But I don't know if there is a turn it on later. I mean, he got Stephon Diggs in that in that trade, and that's that's great. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I would be very, very, very scared if I'm Dave. You put up 77. You know that that is by 20 point or yeah by 20 points the lowest score in the league this week. Um, so I, I wouldn't feel confident if I was Dave. I that is my projection. If it's not Tyler, it's going to be Dave that's taking the ACT. It's certainly trending in that direction. When you look at the three teams that he has represented there with multiple players, uh, the Cardinals, not a bad one there. They're, they're tops in the league offensively for yards per game. But if you look at uh, the Colts, they're like dead even in the middle of the pack, right around 15, 16. The Lions are, uh, by my count here, 23rd or 24th in the league offensively. Uh, definitely not an offense you want to tie multiple pieces to right now. Um, and he's he's eventually, hopefully, going to have Kenny Galladay coming back for him, too. It's like the one lion that he uh, is excited to get back. But uh, it's not looking good for him right now. He, he I think he needs to do some work on the waiver wire here in the next couple of weeks to fortify this team because I don't know when Chris Carson's coming back for him at running back. That's a big piece. Um, he's going to need some reinforcements for the next couple of weeks, and I'm not quite sure where they're coming from. But let's bounce over to the other side of the dock because I don't want to completely ignore the fact that uh, uh, Charlie Thurber's team sitting there at eight and three right now, and uh, it, it just just like last year, really, like looking up and down in his lineup, uh, he's definitely got some good players in there. Definitely got some guys that scare you, but overall, uh, as as in totality, I'm not sure the lineup really scares you that much. But he just keeps chipping away victories every single week. Uh, he's one of our savvier owners. He's not afraid to make uh, the bold move every week. Um, this past week, he benches Mike Evans, uh, throws Will Fuller in there, who ends up uh, basically putting up the same amount of points. Um, you know, he he's going to be an interesting one to watch in the playoffs because he's going to come in and he's not going to be favored going into the week, and he's going to have a great chance of winning just because of uh, the he makes and uh, this just general savviness he has in the fantasy space. Yeah, and this is a really cool story because Charlie, when we look at points for, he's at sixth. When we look at points against, he's in sixth. So it's not like he has, you know, this like like your team, like Kalen's team, like over and above super high scoring teams. And that makes that makes sense. And Kalen's getting some benefit too, not only being second highest scoring team, uh, but he is the lowest points against team, right? So Kalen's getting some some benefit there from going up against opponents that aren't putting up as many points. But Charlie is essentially, you know, points for 1,337, points against 1,360. So he actually has more points against than points for. Charlie should be doing much, much worse than he is. But he's sitting at eight and three, atop the B team division. He's playing these matchups perfectly, and it's it's really really cool to watch how he has navigated this season with a team that has been underperforming for the most part, but they're doing well enough, and he's putting them in a in a spot, and and maybe it's a little bit of luck with matchups, but he he has just been the benefit of of just making those little tweak moves each week to more often than not outscore his opponent. And uh, that that's 
that's a storyline that doesn't we don't usually talk about in week 12 you know coming out of week 11 you know usually it's like a, a couple weeks in hey you know they're getting some benefit of you know points for points against you're getting some benefit of matchups but he's basically made an entire season of of playing these matchups and, and benefiting from it so yeah just really 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 good work out of charlie this year yeah, he's a big, big DFS player, so he's, he does a lot of research on these guys. He, he knows on a week-by-week basis who he likes, who he doesn't. He's not afraid to uh, make those bold calls come game day and, and disregard what the ESPN projections might say. And more often than not, it pays off for him. So can't argue with the results there. And uh, I think with, with just that amount of, of knowledge that he has and uh, that amount of uh, fantasy savvy, I, I think he's going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Uh, even like I said, he's, he's going to go into pretty much every game being the underdog. Uh, but I think you got to like his chances because uh, he knows his roster better than anybody else. And he knows who to play and when. Moving on to another B team division matchup. We see Mahomes improvement taking on Steve Groover's threat level midnight and Mahomes improvement. Vince Gorgonzola gets the win 133 till 115 Patrick Mahomes puts up 21.5 Adam Thielen 32.3 but JD McKissick who was kind of a bright spot last week only puts up 9.9 Marvin Jones Jr. only gets 9.1 Tyler Boyd though puts up 17 on the other side for Groover Justin Herbert puts up 27 Deontay Johnson puts up 23, and then the rest of the team kind of falls flat. James Robinson only 11.4. Miles Sanders only gets him 9. Julio Jones only you know, less than 6. Uh, so kind of a rough a rough go there for Steve as he falls to 3-8. And, eight. and uh, again, we'll talk, we'll talk more about playoffs here in a bit. But uh, his, his season is destined for the toilet. Uh, but Vince, you know, moves up to six and five. He's sitting third in that B team division, where the, the you know the top two are are fighting for that spot. So um, Vince has been a bubble team. We talked about that last week. So getting this win here is going to be pretty big for Vince. Yeah, it's definitely a big deal for him. Um, just just looking through his roster, he might get Austin Eckler back this week, which should help him quite a bit. Uh, he's going to go as Mahomes goes. And he named his team after him last week um, with the name change, and I, I think it's it's well-suited because uh, that team is going to follow whatever Patrick Mahomes does for him. Because if you look through the rest, uh, got good weeks from a lot of guys here, but uh, he's kind of, if, if we're in the stocks game here, he's, he's kind of a risky stock to pick this year because he's got a lot of volatile pieces in there you never really know what you're getting from Kenyon drake on a week-by-week basis he's kind of splitting carries with chase edmonds at this point uh, jd mckissick is also in a committee though he's getting heavily targeted with uh, alex smith out there uh, Thielen's had some really big games this week this year he's had some not so big games if it's been a, a justin jefferson game for him so it just kind of comes and goes tyler boyd right now who's been as consistent as can be i i think you have to guess it's he's gonna be impacted with joe burrow going down joe burrow was the only thing holding that team together i think you're gonna find out real quickly how bad that Bengals uh Bengals team is pretty quick now with with burrow being down and i think boyd who was getting 10 targets a game plus uh 
probably going to see that drop off a little bit. So I think I think Vince has a lot of good pieces there, but it's like which ones do you trust come playoff time? And he he doesn't fully have the playoff spot locked up. We'll talk through the scenarios uh, shortly here, but um, I, th- I think you can feel reasonably certain he's probably going to be there. But uh, going in a lot different than he did last year, that's for sure. Um, how, what do you think about Vince's roster going up? They can go off and be fantastic, and then the next week, they just like they kind of fall flat. Um, and so when we look at where Vince is in points for, you know, he's he's sitting there in fifth um, points against. He is just behind Charlie. Oh, I'm sorry. In points against, he's just above Charlie in fifth. So you know, Vince is a team that is also just kind of putting up enough points each week to put himself in a decent spot but he's sitting at six and five it's a little bit more where you would expect him to be um so i am looking kind of at his at his uh full schedule here and looking at his his matchups you know and and he he routinely puts up over 100 points he's almost always in that 120s and 130s range um with some like down in the 80s uh, one one game up in the 160s, another game, but almost always in the 120s, 130s. So you know what you're getting if you're Vince. I'm getting a solid a solid points for. Um, I'm not going to blow anybody out of the water. It really comes up to as you're going up against Vince. Can you put up a squad that's going to put up at least 125 to 135 to be in the game? And anything you could put on top of that is going to be a bonus. Uh, but but looking at his at his roster, you know Patrick Mahomes any week goes off for anywhere between twenty and thirty points. That that's almost a given. Um, but you know Kenyon Drake, J.D. McKissick, Adam Thielen. Um, you know I don't expect much more out of out of Tyler Boyd at this point. But you know those guys can have great games, can have kind of rough games. They have they're they're all part of teams that are a little bit hot and cold. So it's hard to really rely on each of those guys individually, but in the committee, the group that they are, you can expect one guy is going to go off. And if you can get two to go off, then you're going, you're pretty much set for the win. Um, and so you're just kind of playing that probability game. So overall, I like Vince's roster. I think as as we're in talking about, you know, bubble teams, I think he's safe. I don't expect him to make a, a championship run. I think he can get through maybe to the past the first round. But outside of that, I think that's probably the ceiling for Vince this year. Yeah, I'm not sure he has the firepower to uh, take down the likes of Kaylin or Mike right now with the way their teams are, are rolling and putting up points. But um, who knows? Maybe he'll get some luck. Maybe Eckler coming back will really be a springboard for him. But, um, you know, he's got, he's got to really look each week to see where the points are coming from when it's not Patrick Mahomes. So, but on the other side, I think we, we got to talk about Steve's dropping down to three and eight right now. He is firmly in in, toil- in the toilet bowl uh, playoffs at this point. There's no way to dig himself out of it. Um, we, you know, we're we're going with the sitcom theme this year, Derek. And uh, I have I have a theory as to what's happened to, to Steve's team uh, back before the season started. I know, I know Vince reminded everybody of this last week on the podcast. Uh, Steve, Steve did a trade with me. Uh, 
he sent Lamar Jackson my way and uh, sent DJ Moore over there. And uh, I, with DJ Moore, it's, it seems I may have snu- snuck in my poor luck on the injury side. And, uh, <laughs> sent it over there um, as, as he goes another week here and gets Julio Jones, who fails to finish a game for him. Uh, I, I think it's unavoidable at this point, Derek. Steve's the blitz. The blitz is the pass <laughs> Steve from me, and I could not be happier. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those those who have, have seen How I Met Your Mother will remember the blitz. Those who have not, Tony pretty much just described it. Uh, just super unlucky. Um, always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, missing out on, on great things that are happening. But yes, I fully, fully support that. Uh, Steve Groover is the Blitz. Um, wow, wow, fantastic! Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can plug in the uh, the How I Met Your Mother Blitz song into this port right here. Hey, morning Blitz! Oh man! <laughs> no, let's get one thing straight, okay? I am not the Blitz. My Blitzy lies over the ocean. My Blitzy lies over the sea. My Blitzy lies over the ocean. So bring back my Blitzy. Please stop. Okay, fine. To me. The gentleman. What's that? What's the gentleman? Oh, you had to be there, Blitz. <laughs> I'm not the Blitz. So, so in being the Blitz, does he have a realistic shot of taking the ACT? I think he does. Oh, like once you put that title on him, I don't think there is anybody else who's going to take the ACT. Like it's going to be him. And then like when it is him, you're going to have issues where the computer goes down, the calculator malfunctions, he's getting wrong answers. Um, I don't know, you know, I remember in college we had this this online lab thing where you would like put in the exact right answer and it would tell you you were wrong because instead of a decimal point, it had been like miskeyed to be a comma. And it would like, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, and I think as the blitz that opens up a whole new realm of misfortune for Steve. So I think, you know, I, I talked about Dave being my front runner for the for the toilet bowl no it's it's steve now um because steve is the blitz you know you know what i just just thought of too is that that episode was called blitz giving and uh it's it's thanksgiving and it's (laughs) it's been even funnier (laughs) (laughs) yes so yes please make it part of your thanksgiving uh celebration to go and watch that episode of how i met your mother it is on. Is it on? It's Hulu? on Hulu. I think yeah, it's on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. So it's on Hulu. Uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. But yes, Blitz giving. You will get the whole story and see why we're calling Steve the Blitz. Uh, fantastic, in the spirit of the season. Uh, but yes, and looking forward. You know, we're talking about playoff scenarios. He's going up against Dave Pestian next week, or uh, yeah, this coming week, and then uh, Charlie Thurber. We get another uh, Rocky Top Rumble at the end of the season there so that will have some big implication there for charlie for a bye week and steve to really cement himself as a terrible team so i'm excited for that (laughs) (laughs) 
on to on to the last game. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! All right, going into our Sacred Heart game of the week, Kalen King's Bob Roethlisberger's just dismantles Kevin Hulick's jump the shark, and boy were we wrong last week with this pick. Kalen King gets an okay mediocre showing out of Ben Roethlisberger, only puts up 16. But the beast who is Travis Kelsey gives him 27. Keenan Allen gives him 34.5. The rest of the team putting up double digits, uh, except for the kicker. On the other side, out of Hulick, 112, not a bad game, but not a great game. Russell Wilson puts up 20. Derrick Henry puts up 20. Unfortunately, Hayden Hurst gives him a zero. Travis Fulgham. Fulgham? Fulgham? I don't know. 1.8. Uh, so Fulgham. not a whole lot there. What is it? Fulgham. Fulgham. Yeah. Not like Folgers. Fulgham. You won't have to know it much longer because he's, he's starting to get a uh, he's starting to not produce anymore. So. Yeah. 1.8. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> and then the Steelers defense puts up 16. So this was you know as we talked last week we were looking at all these Steelers players going up against Jacksonville. You know James Conner. I was expecting a lot more out of him. Uh, but only puts up 12.9. Chase Claypool puts up near projection. He was projected 16.5, puts up 15.9. Steelers defense shows up. Projected 7.2, puts up 16. But at the end of the day, the Steelers beat Jacksonville 27-3. to So the majority of that game, they were just kind of coasting and didn't really need to put up a whole lot more points. And then Ben Roethlisberger only puts up 17. So expe- I expected this to be a little bit more of a... Of a high scoring affair uh but at the end of the day it just didn't pan out unfortunately for kevin but fortunately for kaylin and then kaylin just getting an incredible game out of keenan allen who was only projected for 17 uh doubles that with 34 and travis kelsey man geez getting 27 points um and then saints defense let us not forget them as they beat Atlanta 24 to nine. So Kalen gets 17 points out of that Saints defense, who was only projected for five. Uh, Kalen King is scary. That is a scary good team sitting at nine and two atop that Einstein's division. Yeah, and they're starting to round into form too with uh, Chubb coming back. Uh, he has didn't even have to play Ezekiel Elliott this past week, who I think may still be a decent fantasy play. Uh, with Andy Dalton in there, I, I think Dalton can kind of stabilize that offense uh, now that he's going to get some some reps and some time in there. Uh, but uh, kudos to Kalen; he he makes the super bold call of putting Kalen Balage in his lineup, who I'm I'm fully convinced is the worst running back in the NFL, and uh, he he ends up getting him 14 points just based off of seven catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. So his his little two yard catches are adding up and. Uh, leading to some pretty good fantasy points for a week. Uh, expect that to go down quite a bit for him. He probably won't have Kalen Balazs in his lineup this next week when Austin Eckler comes back. But uh, the rest of the lineup there is pretty formidable. You know, the, the season DK Metcalf's been having, Keenan Allen, ever since Justin Herbert has taken over there in L.A., has become an absolute target monster. Uh, Ch- Chubb has been rolling in the form. Jacobs has been steady as they, as they come. Um, he has a very, very good roster, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to see him sitting up there at the top of the the entire league right now, record-wise. Um, 
he is not going to be a team people want to face because it, there's nothing fluky about the team. He's, he's coming pretty close to catching me for total points uh, with the way his team's been surging. Uh, he has to feel good going into this year. It's a polar opposite of last year when he was sweating out a, the, the toilet bowl appearance. Uh, he's on a complete 180. His team's healthy at the right time. Yeah, I, I, you don't you don't want to face Kalen's team. He's already beaten my team twice. Uh, he's, he's definitely going to be a tough out, and he's, he's pretty much cruising to a first-round bye. Other side of the coin, uh, we'll lay it out here in a little bit, but uh, Kevin is not completely eliminated from playoff contention, but he needs a decent amount of help. So um, it be interesting to see if he's kind of turning his attention to surviving those toilet bowl playoffs at this point. Um, going down the home stretch, you know, Tennessee's going to have a pretty uh, favorable down the stretch for Derrick Henry to, to play with. He's got the, the two Steelers, Connor and Claypool, who have been uh, producing pretty well for him. But the way they that offense spreads the ball around, neither one usually goes off uh, on a week-by-week basis. So uh, good to get steady points from them, but it kind of limits the amount of uh, ex- explosive points that they can put up on a week-by-week basis. Um, but I, I think... I think if Kevin does fall into that toilet bowl, uh, into the toilet bowl playoffs, I think he's got to like his chances going up against the other three guys that we we've talked through already. And I think his lineup, uh, seems to be a little more consistent and seems to have avoided injuries a little better. He's going to get Zach Ertz back here in a little bit, which should help his tight end situation and uh, couldn't come in a better time for him. So, uh, it's been, it's been a rough year for him. He's he's had a lot of COVID impact early in the season on these guys that kind of made the schedule go haywire for him. But uh, he's he's just been struggling to get consistent production out of the entire lineup. But I think they're going to be healthier than they've been uh, through most of the season here with with the playoffs coming. And that'll do it for our super cold open presented by Modine's three letter Kenny's premier home for puppers lager. All right, Tony. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, we need to we need to talk a little bit about um, some things that we're thankful for. And uh, I will say I am thankful for the one thousand eight hundred and ninety downloads we have to date of this podcast. We talked about we hit the thousand mark around Christmas last year, um, and I think we're on on target to hit two thousand around the same time um and so you know we've said it multiple times we we really didn't expect a whole lot to come from this uh podcast but boy we have uh we have really way out exceeded my expectations uh, for where this where this podcast would go um and so thank you to all of the listeners out there um i'm gonna go through a couple a couple stats i didn't tell tony about any of this um mostly because i forgot but um we're gonna go through some of the stats here uh, so the most listened to episode, Tony, or I guess the most downloaded episode was last year, week seven, when we had, uh, you know, Aunt Mary Beth McGlynn and uh, Doug Diesel on to talk about week seven. Um, so yeah, it was Tim Taft, is Aunt Mary Beth, Uncle Doug. Uh, that is our most downloaded episode. The paint. Episode. The Paint the Shed episode. <laughs> uh, interestingly, it's tied at number two 
is, you know, so so last year when we first started, we had some some people on, you know, just uh, we would go through each team uh, and, and talk about their their team. And episode two, where we have Steve Groover, there are no other uh, single like those, those early episodes. No, none of the other ones hit the top ten. But Steve Groover has 53 downloads. Um, and so I don't know if folks, you know, maybe listen to that episode and be like, hey, what's this podcast? And then we're just like, oh, no, we don't. We're done. Uh, we don't want to listen anymore. That's my guess. But, uh, yeah, that's sitting there at number two. Well, that uh, makes me feel a little better because if you remember correctly on that one, uh, I, I do believe we recorded that one twice because we recorded the entire thing uh and it went to upload on your side and it's never uploaded. And then we had to do the entire thing over again. So uh, at least if it's, if we had to do all that work for that one episode, it pays off in, in hitting our top five for most downloaded episodes. That kind of makes it worth it a little bit. Cause uh, that probably ended up being three hours plus of recording time in total. Yeah. And, and yeah, Groover was a real champ there. Like I just like texted, later you know after we had ended um and i was i was trying to upload it and it wouldn't upload and i was just like guys it's not here like it's gone it didn't it didn't come through and Groove was just like all right we'll just record again and i was just like oh my god i feel terrible but um you know just a real champ there uh coming through um and then tied with that was week six uh where we had charlie on um you know talking about the week six matchups uh, week nine, where we have Vincent Amanda Gorgonzola on, uh, and then lastly rounding out the uh, the top five was our Frosty Live tour, a baseball life, where Groover and Thurber were on, kind of talking about both of their journeys up through uh, the the minor, the college ball. So um, those are our top five episodes to date, um, and and. and Boy, when we think back to some of those ones from last year, you know how much how much this podcast has changed, um, and how much we've uh, we've done here has been uh, has been really cool. So uh, we appreciate you listening. Keep listening, um, and and from the Frosty and Perenny podcast, we are thankful to you, the listener. Moving on here, Tony. Let's talk playoff scenarios. Some teams are going to be thankful for where they are. And some teams are going to wish they had worked harder in the offseason and early season. So, Tony, take us through playoff scenarios. Well, if your name is Kalen King, Mike Hingenthrone, Charlie Thurber, Tim Taft, or myself, congratulations, you were in the playoffs already. You've already punched that ticket. Uh, going into this next week, there's still a lot of seeding up for grabs. Uh, with that group, uh, Kalen can lock up the Einstein's division this week with a win or really any win in the next two weeks. Uh, if he gets to, to 10 wins with uh, his the amount of points he has over Tim, um, he, he will lock that up. So a uh, big week for him. If he can secure that, that would be a, a complete rags to riches story from last year for where he was in the toilet bowl to going to a first round bye next year and probably being the favorite uh, for the championship. Um, that, that'd be huge for him. So big week coming. Uh, Tim sitting there at eight and three. Um, 
obviously can pass Kalen if he gets uh, wins in the next two weeks and Kalen drops both of them. So if, if they both finish with 10 wins, uh, Kalen is likely getting that by. Uh, on the other side, the B team, uh, Charlie's sitting there in first place at eight and three. Um, he's probably going to need to win out to secure that with the way uh, Mike's Bonnie McMurray team has been surging right now. Cause if, if those two get even on a win total uh, standpoint, uh, it's going to be Mike that ends up getting the points going forward. Cause we've already mentioned, you know, Charlie's team not putting up huge points throughout the season, just nickel and diming victories every single week. Uh, Mike's team's kind of been the opposite, especially the last couple of weeks where uh, he's been putting up a lot of points. So if, if they draw even, Mike's going to end up getting that by there. Uh, on the other side, toilet bowl playoffs, uh, if your name's Tyler Kerr, if it's Dave Pestian, or if it's Steve Groover, the Blitz, you are already in the toilet bowl playoffs. So um, they need to start turning their attention to avoiding that ACT now, and all their roster moves need to be towards, you know, surviving. Uh, one of those two weeks. Uh, so I, le- I left two names out. I left, I left Vince's name out and I left Kevin's name out. So there, that last playoff spot is up for grabs between those two. Uh, Vince has a noticeable leg up in that competition. This is what Kevin would need in order to jump Vince and make the playoffs. He would one need to win out. He would two need Vince to lose out. And he would also need to close a 60 point, gap between him and Vince. So a lot of work to be done for Kevin. As I mentioned before, his team is probably healthier than they've been all season. If he can get Zach Ertz back this week, that could help him a bit, but he needs a lot of luck too, because he's got to rely on Vince to lose the next two weeks. Um, Vince sitting there six and five, you know, probably not super likely he's going to lose two games in a row, but um, you're Kevin, your fingers are crossed. So, that will complete the playoff picture there. So uh, I do believe it's it's Vince and Kevin uh, week 13, though. So if uh, if it comes down to that, whew, that could be some fireworks for our last week of the season. Yeah, and that's, as we're looking forward to the last two weeks here, so Vince, who um, you said for, – so for Kevin to overtake Vince, has to, Vince has to lose out. Vince goes up against Mike this week and then Kevin – um, so I, you know, we'll, we'll get into projections, but I imagine Mike is going to be the favorite. I haven't, I haven't really looked that closely yet, but I imagine Mike is going to be the favorite against Vince. Kevin goes up against this week. Um, so certainly, you know, I don't think anybody feels comfortable going up against you there, Tony. Um, but if, if you have a down week, Kevin has an up week and Kevin's able to get that win. It all comes down. Like you said, to week 13, Vince and Kevin, did you say there was a point? Uh, difference to there? Yeah, there's approximate 60 point difference. So Vince has a leg up on points too. So uh, Kevin's going to need to win both weeks and put up points. He needs his guys to kind of have a couple explosive weeks for him. Um, but that, if he could, if he close half of that uh, this this week, uh, if, if Vince gets a, a little bit of a, a downer of a week, I think Patrick Mahomes is facing the Bucks, uh, who. Into in playing that game in Tampa, the Bucks defense has been has had some sticky weeks. That's for sure, where they've really shut people down. It's obviously not facing teams like Mahomes and, uh, and the Chiefs, but um, if if they can keep him down to say ten points, uh, I 
think that could help Kevin quite a bit. Uh, Kevin, this time last year, road graded me uh, week week 12. Uh, his roster is a little bit different this this time around, but I think uh, I think there's definitely potential there. I think that the thing that hurts him a little bit, don't want to get too far ahead uh, in looking at our conference call, but uh, his two Steelers are going to be facing the Ravens defense this week. So um, they haven't typically in the past put up major points against the Ravens. They're going to need to buck that trend this week to keep him alive. But uh, man, it's going to make for some great drama going into the last week if they can. Um, and, and you go into that last game uh, with a playoff trip on the line and the, the loser going to the ACT. The last year's uh, week 13 and all the drama that ensued uh, at the end of the season where it really, the entire playoff picture shifted on one Kyle Rudolph touchdown. Um, that <laughs> sent me to the toilet bowl, put Joe in the playoffs, uh, solidified a buy for Vince. If he didn't get that buy, he would have, played week one I think his team put up like 95 points that week he would have lost there's no there's no championship for Vince if that touchdown doesn't happen so it's just it's crazy how small the differences are this time of year especially in a 10-team league where the rosters really there's not a huge talent disparity between most of the rosters in this league a lot of it comes down to luck a lot of it comes down to injuries so uh you know, I'm definitely here for it the, the last two weeks, hoping that we get some fireworks because um, the entire playoff picture could hinge on the stuff that goes on in these next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, how great would it be going into week 13 if it is, if it does come down to Kevin and Vince, and let's say that 60-point difference is a 30-point difference, you know, something that's a little bit more, because uh, the 60 points, like to, to outscore your opponent by 60 points is rare, really rare. Um, but if it's if it's a closer margin, I mean, you're going to be watching each game, you know, like if this guy scores this much and this guy only scores this much, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch that over under. But uh, yeah, this is this is the fun time of year when we get to really work out these differences. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the schedules right now. I'm pulling up Vince's just to see where his points have been, uh, you know, last he, his, his points have been, he hasn't really topped 130 in a while, but he is putting up some consistent points. It's not like he's putting up 95-point efforts on a week-by-week basis. So uh, he would need to to really have, have a couple weeks here where he dies down to open the door for Kevin. But um, I think I think with uh, Mahomes face play, playing Tampa in Tampa, I think that's a matchup that helps Kevin in, in this instance. So, uh We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens this week. But it'd be it'd be really cool if that opens the door for him. Uh, I know it wouldn't be cool for Vince, but uh, it'd be cool for the rest of us to watch if, if that door gets open this week and we have a big Week 13 match to look forward to. Well, and how crazy is it that the you know we were talking about Vince and Kevin playing each other in the championship last year, and now they're battling to figure out who's <laughs> getting into the playoffs. You know, Kalen jumps from second to last to first. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty much that lock for the for the championship. Or I'm sorry, the, the lock for the first round by. Um, you know, just you talk about there there isn't a whole lot of difference between the rosters. There's not a whole lot of difference between the owners either. Um, and and to see some of these names that we were talking about, just you know, who's taking the ACT now as you know 
he's all but gotten the first round by and is is the favorite to win it all or at least get to the championship and these these different things that the storylines are constantly changing it's it's been a lot of fun you know groover last year we're talking about you know if he makes this run he's going to be a dynasty and he's locked himself in the toilet bowl toilet bowl playoffs Um, so just really going into it you know, as you go into the season, truly anybody can win, win the championship and anybody can take the ACT. And I think as a league, that makes it so much stronger when it really is anybody's, anybody's league, anybody's championship each year. Yeah, it makes it a lot more fun when there's this much parity, that's for sure. Because uh, any, any given year, you could find yourself in that in that toilet bowl picture, uh, even if you, you feel really good about your team. I've been there twice uh, you have if you have too many injuries and it's happening to Steve this year, uh, you have too many injuries, even with a good roster. Uh, it's going to be enough bad luck to lose you enough games to put you in that picture. Uh, and it, it, It's exciting for everybody because you can also see the other side of that coin as well, where uh, you get lucky enough and you, you get healthy enough. Uh, you can you can make a playoff run. So uh, really the only constant in the league is that tie is always in the ACT picture. But outside of that, uh, you know, it, Really, it's anybody's league. You know, look, look at Dave's team. He's really either been in the toilet bowl pic- picture, like right in the thick of things, or he's been a championship contender every year. There's, there's no in-between with his, uh, his stars and scrubs uh, method that he uses for his team. He's either going to be right there at the end, or he's going to be uh, really sweating bullets at the end of the season. So I, th- I think he's a pretty good picture of the parody in this league. I'm looking at the final standing projections that ESPN puts out and what they do, they give you two kind of data points and that is their projection at draft day versus their projection where you are now. Um, And kind of going through here. So on draft day, Tony, you were projected first. You're now projected second. So not a big change there. Looking at, um, the Mahomes improvement, Vince Gorgonzola was projected number two, now projected six. So he's had a big fall off. Uh, Mike Ingenthrone projected three, three. Kalen King was projected four. Now he's all the way up to one. And the current fourth place projection is is Charlie Thurber that we talked about. He was projected dead last coming out of draft day um, and is now sitting for fourth place projection. Um, so we talked about you know his team – you know, the the moves that he's made, he has really, really brought himself up from the bottom. Projected fifth was Pestian's little Sebastian team. He's dropped all the way to nine. And in a complete flip-flop, Tim Taft's Leave it to Beasley was projected nine. He's now projected five. Uh, number six was, was Vince, who dropped from two. And then projected six after draft day was Groover, who's now projected seven. The team that was projected seven was Hulick, who's now projected eight. The team that was projected eight was was Ty, who's now projected ten. Um, and then we've already talked about number nine and number ten. So overall, we saw Charlie jump six places. We saw Tim jump four. We saw Kalen jump three. And then we saw Pestian drop four. Uh, Gorgonzola drop four. And Ty drop two. So a lot of movement from where that projection was coming out of draft day versus where the projection is going into week 12. 
and that has been um, uh, uh, we talked about parody and all of that. You know these these movements in the ESPN projections and take them for what they are. Um, you know they're just they're just projections. They don't they can't project injuries, all that kind of stuff. So that kind of stuff all happens. But just so much movement from teams that coming into week one, it was like uh oh, you know these teams might be in trouble, like a Charlie Thurber or a Tim Taft. And now we're talking about them being, you know, pretty squarely in the playoffs and, and some of those teams that we thought were going to be sitting there pretty good, like a Pestian, Stars and Scrubs, you know, if he can go off, well, he didn't. And now he's he's locked himself into the, the toilet bowl. So um, kind of just a different a, a different way of saying the same thing. But uh, it, it's, it's kind of cool to see those trends from from day one to current. Yep. If a playoff started today. Right now, Kalen would be a number one seed and would have a bye. Charlie would be number two seed and have a bye. And then it would be uh, myself against uh, Mike's Bonnie McMurray. Uh, definitely a matchup I, I wouldn't be super amped for right off the bat. And then on the other side of the coin, it'd be uh, Vince's Mahomes improvement going against Tim's leave it to Beasley. So a really good matchup there I think could go either direction. And on the, on the toilet bowl side, uh, you would have – Kevin's jump the shark versus saved by LaBelle as a first round matchup. So Ty would have to try and survive that matchup uh, to, to win one of those two games. And on the other side, you have, you have that rivalry between Steve and Dave uh, with a lot on the line, which would be a first round matchup. And that would be, uh, I, I believe you get a preview of that this coming week. So uh, I, I think on their side, you know, both of them are trying to, win out these next two weeks to hopefully get themselves in a, a place where they're facing tie week one and not each other. So uh, there's a lot of seeding up, up at stake right now. Um, and I, I think I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to these matchups these last two weeks, because I, I think it's going to get really interesting, especially with how close uh, a lot of these teams are uh, from a seeding standpoint. Well, let's get into it, Tony, as we look forward to next week with the conference call presented by McLaren's Pub. We're going to start here in the Einstein's division as we look at Kalen King's Bob Roethlisberger's taking on Tim Ta- taking on Tim Taft's Leave It to Beasley. This one projected to go to Kalen 133.5 to 129.8. So less than a four-point spread there. For Kalen, Ben Roethlisberger projected 17. Ezekiel Elliott projected 15. Keenan Allen expected to follow up uh, his performance with a 20-point projection. And Travis Kelsey, the big scorer from last week, projected at 19.3. 133, not a small number for a projection. On the other side, Tim is expecting a big game out of his returning Buffalo Bills quarterback. Josh Allen projected at 25. Aaron Jones projected at 18. Uh, Darren Waller, who put up some big points last week, projected 16. Um, So this is a close one, uh, but Kalen is projected to take it. Uh, I'm going to go. I picked against Kalen last week and, uh, and really paid the price for it. So Tony, I'm gonna go Kalen here. I think I think this is gonna be a close one. I think four points is probably going to be about the spread, if not maybe even a little bit closer. 
So we'll see what happens with that. I'm excited to see what Nick Chubb can do against Jacksonville. We saw the Steelers do really well uh, against them. So Nick Chubb for Kalen. Uh, so we'll see what he can do there. Although it looks like they've been playing uh, Kareem Hunt a little bit more in the red zone. So I don't know if he'll be able to get the touchdowns, but sitting there in that flex spot, I feel pretty good for Kalen this week. Tony, where are you at? Yeah, it's an interesting point on Chubb and, uh, and Hunt. Uh, I, I know we, uh, Kalen was was asking about that in the uh, or really venting about that in the Discord about uh, the lack of goal line work for Chubb. It's really interesting when you get into the advanced stats uh, of these two running backs. Uh, Chubb is the superior running back everywhere except short yardage and goal line, which uh, the Brown staff is very aware of. That's why once you get in the red zone, it, it's Kareem Hunt that's coming out. For whatever reason, um, Chubb is, is one of the most efficient running backs in, in football between the 20s. He is one of the least efficient running backs in football in short yardage and goal line, which is something that you would not expect uh, given his style of running. But for, for whatever reason, he is not a good short yardage running back. And, and Hunt is one of the best in the league at it. So that is why once you get down to within the 10, you they, they typically pull Chubb out of there and they put Hunt in there because, um, you know, this it's very analytic savvy uh, unit there in, in Cleveland. And they are well aware that their chances of getting an end zone are better with Kareem Hunt than they are with Nick Chubb uh, in that area of the field. So uh, we could see that rear its head again this week. Uh, going up against Jacksonville. It's going to be the first time in uh, four weeks, really, where the, the Browns haven't had to deal with weather. Uh, so going down to Jacksonville, they may be able to air it out a little more down there. So um, I, I think they're, they're definitely going to try and commit to the running game, as they typically do. But I could see them trying to mix in a lot more pass to try and get Baker going to kind of get him going for the stretch run as they, they kind of find themselves in, in playoff position here. Uh, I don't love the the matchup of Roethlisberger going up against the Ravens defense. I, uh, I think, I think Zeke against Washington while Washington is a very good defensive line. I think he's going to get enough carries that he's going to be able to uh, make an impact there. Um, the Kelsey going up against Tampa Bay. That's, a, that's another one kind of goes with uh, the, the narrative we were talking with Mahomes going up against Tampa Bay. Uh, they have really good linebackers in the middle of the field. Uh, really good safety in Antoine Winfield Jr. So I, I, I think uh, this is one of the worser matchups in the league for Kelsey. He's probably still going to uh, get his catches, but I'm not sure you're going to see the monster game out of him. I think I'm going to lean Tim in this matchup when I'm looking through. I think there's going to be a lot of points uh, from his bills going up against that Chargers defense. Uh, he gets Aaron Jones against the Bears, who he's typically uh, – Found uh, found the end zone a decent amount against over the last couple of years, and, and Darren Waller going up against Atlanta, I think, is a huge mismatch there. Uh, every tight end gets fat against Atlanta, so he's going to get uh, a lot of run there. I think this is a, just a really really good matchup for Tim, and I think he's going to be able to pull the upset and uh, get us to a point where we're down to week thirteen. And uh, both teams sitting there at nine and three with the division on the line. So I think that's coming. Uh, I'll take Tim this week. Moving into our next matchup, 
we have Tyler Kerr's Save by LaBelle going in to take on Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge. Charlie is projected to take this one 125 to 111 on the back of Kyler Murray projected 23.5. DeAndre Swift projected 17, excuse me. Kareem Hunt, who we talked about the, the other side of that Nick Chubb argument, uh, is projected for 14. And Will Fuller, one of my Notre Dame boys, projected just shy of 16 to get him to 125.6. On the other side, Tyler Kerr is hoping for a big game out of Tom Brady. Uh, projected 19.7 going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Wayne Gallman projected 12.5. Devontae Parker projected just shy of 16. And Robert Woods, who had a big game last week, projected 15.2. So, Tony, I I think I will refrain from picking this game as it is a conflict of interest. So I will push it over to you for the projection. Uh, Derek's advising debut coming here in week 12. This is a big moment. I'm not sure you're going to get to one and zero in your advising debut, Derek. I'm just looking through. Uh, <laughs> I, I like some of the matchups that Charlie has. He's got a lot of cues in that lineup right now. A lot of questionables. I'm not sure DeAndre Swift is going to play here in a couple hours, uh, so that might end up being a lineup change for him. Um, but like we mentioned with the the Chubb Hunt dis, uh, discussion, I, I think Hunt's going to get that goal line work like he normally does, so he's he should be good for a touchdown in this game. Uh, Michael Thomas was an absolute target hound last week with Taysom Hill throwing the ball. So I think that helps him quite a bit. Uh, The Lions don't have anybody that's going to be able to check Will Fuller. Um, And uh, Mike Evans is a pretty good uh, matchup for fantasy, uh, not only, you know, in real football going up against the Chiefs, but the fact that on the other side of the coin, uh, Ty's team has Tom Brady at quarterback. So that kind of – nullifies a lot of the points that, that Brady has to be throwing Evans way. So I like Charlie to get the nine and three um, and then roll into week 13 with a chance to lock up that division in that first round by. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to go well for us um, <laughs> over at Save by LaBelle. Um, you know, coming, <laughs> coming into my advising role, we're going up against Charlie this week and Kalen next week. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're more gears gearing up for playoffs or for total playoffs. That is but at least, at least that lineup's going to be set. Lineup will be set. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, not, not, like I said, a lot of, a lot of anticipated backlash. Let's, uh, let's pump the brakes on that. It's not going to matter. Uh, moving on here, we go to the Meanderwood Melee Part 2 as Steve Groover's threat level midnight goes on to take Dave Peschens, the little Sebastians. Uh, not as much uh, on this game, but they are both looking to avoid each other in the, in the toilet bowl playoffs. Groover expected to win this one, or at least projected to win this one, 129.1 to Dave Pestian's 112. For Groover, Justin Herbert, the seventh-ranked quarterback in the NFL, projected 22.3. He's, he's hoping to get another big game out of him. James Robinson going up against that Cleveland defense, 
projected for 17. Miles Sanders projected 17. Julio Jones projected 17.8. So looking for a pretty solid game out of the entire Groover lineup there as that projection is at 129. On the other side for Pestian, looking a little rough. Matt Stafford going up against Houston projected 18. Chris Carson projected 16.7 in his return. Antonio Gibson projected 15. DeAndre Hopkins just shy of 17. Stephon Diggs, we'll see what he can do. Uh, Peshin picked him up last, or got him on that trade last week, but he was on bye. So this will be the first game with Stephon Diggs in the starting lineup projected at 19. Um, Kenny Galladay, not going to play this week, has not been taken out yet. So he's projected zero. Um, We'll see... Who he puts in. I'm looking at his lineup here. Um, may put in one of those. It's in the flex spot currently. So he may put in one of those. Um, Indianapolis running backs. Naheem Hines projected at 11. Jonathan Taylor projected at 13. Or if he plays. Uh, ugh, Christian Kirk projected 9.9. Austin Hooper projected 10.1. So expect that. um if he can make that change before the Lions play today, expect that line to go closer to a seven point um, between maybe seven and, you know, five points there. Uh, a little bit helping Dave out, but still, either way, Groover projected to take this one. And I think it's going to go that way. I think Groover gets this one. Too many question marks on Dave's side. Um, I, I like what Justin Herbert's been doing going up against Buffalo. Uh, we'll see what he can do exactly. But James Robinson going up against Cleveland. Cleveland's been doing a decent job with the run. Not great on the pass. But I expect Cleveland's going to win this game pretty handily. And so Jacksonville at some point is just going to rely on getting through the game and running the ball. Uh, Miles Sanders going up against Seattle, one of the worst defenses. Uh, I think he's going to do well, uh, Miles Sanders is. And then we'll see what Deontay Johnson can do against Baltimore. That Baltimore defense is rough. Um, But Eagles defense going up against Seattle, that has been kind of the one bright spot for the Eagles is the defense. Uh, So we'll see what they can do. But I think it's going to be enough to overcome Peschen. Tony, where are you at? Uh, looking at the the first edition of the Meanderwood Melee, uh, Steve almost put to put up 200 points, uh, saved up most of his points for the season for that week. Uh, I don't think he's going to need as many this this time around. Uh, Dave put up 99.5 last time. Where he's been averaging over the last five to six weeks, uh, as as injuries have started to take a toll, um, as he's had to get down into the depth of his roster. Um, you know, we, I think once we get off this off this uh, recording, we're probably going to need to call Dave and wake him up and tell him to get Kenny Galladay out of that lineup as that game is going to kick off in two hours. Um, so he needs a heads up there. Uh, his best player, DeAndre Hopkins, gets to go against uh, Belichick in Foxborough, uh, going up against Stefan Gilmore, who is a very, very good corner. Um not sure that's a great, great matchup for him. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of targets, uh, but I'm not sure how fruitful that's going to be. Diggs against the Chargers is a good matchup there. 
Um, and that that Detroit offense is just a different offense when Galladay is not in the lineup, and he's going to have Stafford and Hawkinson going. Uh, I I don't really like those without without Galladay. I think that's going to be tough sledding for him. And I, I like a lot of the matchups on the other side of the coin for Steve's team. I think Justin Herbert's going to light up Buffalo secondary. Um, James Robinson against Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland does not have Miles Garrett playing this week. There's no Denzel Ward playing. So I think Jacksonville could be a little stickier than they probably should be in this game. It can probably, uh, you know, at least stay within striking distance. And I think there could be some touchdowns for James Robinson in there. Um it's gonna, we'll see if Julio Jones ends up playing. You know, the, the question for Steve's team is like, does does this roster make it through the entire week without another injury? Uh, it's kind of kind of hard to see them doing it when you're the blitz and when some bad things are just happening to you every week. Um, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think there's enough points in that lineup to survive, even if an injury hits. So I'm going to give Steve the win here, and uh, I think he's going to roll into Week 13. Uh, trying desperately to get another win and hopefully win himself into a first-round matchup against uh, Saved by the Bell. Tony, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, we're also thankful to Sacred Heart, who's sponsoring not one, but two games of the week this week. And it is really going around that Vince-Kevin matchup as we close out this season. So in our first Sacred Heart game of the week, we have Mike Engine Thrones, Bonnie McMurray, Going into town to take on Vince Gorgonzola's Mahomes improvement. We talked about the implications for this game. And boy, did we talk about Mike's team. He's projected 142.4 to Vince's 121. We don't usually see projections in the 140s. We see final scores in the 140s. We don't often see projections in the 140s. Also, looking at the player ranks for Mike's team, only one player ranking is outside of the top 10, and that is Allen Robinson in the flex spot, projected at 15. Um, Everybody else, single digits for player ranking uh, at their respective positions. So, uh, wow. Deshaun Watson projected 23.9. Dalvin Cook projected 23.8. Miles, or I'm sorry, Mike Davis, uh, who's who's still in that spot with Christian McCaffrey out, projected for 15.5. Terry McLaurin projected 17.3. Tyreek Hill projected 18.9. Tight end Mark Andrews for Baltimore projected 11.8. His flex, Allen Robinson, who I mentioned, projected 15.7. Uh, with the, the top kicker in the game, Jason Sanders for Miami, projected 18.5. Just an overall fantastic projection for Mike, who has to feel pretty good going into this game. On the other side, though, don't sleep on Vince. Patrick Mahomes projected for 24. Kenyon Drake only projected 13.8. We'll see what he can do going up against New England. Uh Salvin Ahmed, I don't, I've never heard of this dude for Miami. He's a 75th ranked running back, projected 15.3. Adam Thielen still in the roster, although he has been designated to out. Uh, he was projected 16.4, so he will have to put in another different wide receiver. The only other wide receiver he has on roster is AJ Brown, 
um, who's projected 13.4, or he will move Tyler Boyd from the flex spot into that wide receiver one position, projected 13.4. So I guess that a 121 projection is a little bit falsely elevated for Vince. Um, look to it to be more like 115 to 117, uh, which moves the spread from 21 to 23 points. Um, so I don't think there's any way Vince can overcome that. I think it's going to be Mike in a landslide. But the thing like we talked about to watch for is going to be almost the game within the game that is the point spread between Kevin and Vince if Vince loses and Kevin wins. Uh, so, Tony, I'm taking Mike on this one. I assume you are too, but I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on the game here. Yeah, I did not realize that Adam Thielen wasn't playing. What a terrible, terrible week for Adam Thielen to not play if you're Vince. Uh, when you need to you need to not only win one of these two weeks, but you need to put up some points in the process just to kind of solidify yourself and distance yourself from Kevin. Uh, that doesn't help his his uh doesn't help him too much with with Thielen being out. He's going to be able to put AJ Brown up in there, who's a very very capable receiver. Uh, probably a guy he should be looking to to start anyway. Now with the Tyler Boyd situation down there in uh, Cincy with Brandon Allen throwing the ball, but that's a uh, you're, you're rotating AJ Brown in now, who's got a, a matchup with the Colts, who uh, pretty solid pass defense. So he's he's going to get a couple catches. We'll we'll see if they can hold him out of the end zone there. Uh, Kenyon Drake is a complete wild card at this point. You really don't know what you're getting from him. Uh, Salvin Ahmed also complete wild card. I know they put him in there for a 15 point projection, but um, I'm not fully convinced that that's not going to be a committee in Miami. I think you don't really know what that Miami offense looks like on a weekly basis. So uh, Marvin Jones uh, here in a couple hours gets to face Houston and there's no Kenny Galladay on the other side. So he's going to draw some extra attention. This kind of looks like a ripe recipe uh, for Vince to not put up any points and to put himself in danger next week. So, yes, I am taking Bonnie McMurray this this uh, week, and I, I also think it's going to be a landslide, and I think it's going to make things really interesting next week for Vince. And then going into our second Sacred Heart game of the week, we see your Pretoria FC go in to take on Kevin Hulick's Jump the Chark. Right now, Tony, you're projected to win this one 130 to 122. And again, all of this discussion of Vince and points and all of that only matter if Kevin beats you this week. So, Tony, if you win, uh, it's over for Kevin. He's in the toilet bowl. And if uh, if that happens, Vince in the playoffs. So the, the points only matter if Tony loses. And he's not projected to this week. Looking for, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson projected 18.8 going up against a Steeler defense. Alvin Kamara coming off that rough game last week projected 18.6 going to Denver. Devontae Adams projected 21 in that wide receiver slot. And Calvin Ridley projected 14.8. On the other side for Kevin we see Russell Wilson projected 23.7. Derrick Henry projected 17. Chase Claypool, Travis Fulgham, both projected mid-13s. Looking to his bench, I don't see anybody there who's projected big. So this is probably the final roster for Kevin, uh, barring any last-minute changes there. So, Tony, I... Uh, 
for the fun of the podcast, I'm going to pick Kevin on this one. Um, and I'm going to call this one a hopeful pick because I want to see this week 13 matchup between Vince and Kevin. I want to see it come down to the point. So I am hoping that Vince is able to overcome the eight and a half point deficit that he's projected to get the win here. Um, in the last matchup, Tony, you scored over 200 points. Uh, Kevin put up 126, so not a bad showing out of Kevin. But last week, you put all your points in there uh, as as the number one points for team in the league. So if you're Kevin, you do not feel good going into this matchup, um, needing a win here and needing a win with a lot of points. I don't think you feel good. But, uh, Tony, I'm going to pick Kevin in this one. Uh, like I said, more for the hopeful pick. Uh, so, Tony, how are you feeling going into this, knowing that if you, you can spoil Kevin's playoff chances with with a win? Well, I, I don't pick, but I'm, I'm also going to pick Kevin because I, I believe in podcast content and I believe in <laughs> teams. And uh, I, can, I can fully recognize it's better for the league if I lose this week. Um, and I think I think I may have spent up all my points the last time I faced him. So I'm not sure there's a whole lot left in, in the in the canon for this week. And uh, looking through some of my matchups, I don't like a lot of them. Still kind of not real sure what I'm going to see from Alvin Kamara on a weekly basis with Taysom Hill at QB. Lamar doesn't usually do real great against Pittsburgh. Uh, Clyde against the Bucks. It probably come down to whether he gets any goal line work to get into the end zone. Uh, I just don't love a lot of them. Uh, Russell Wilson on the other side should tear up that Eagles secondary. Uh, Derrick Henry, if, if that gets late in the game, I could see him uh, running through some tackles and, and keep busting off a couple long runs to uh, maybe get a, a pretty explosive fantasy day there. So uh, I think there's definitely a possibility in there that Kevin could uh, pull the upset here and put himself in in prime position uh, next week going going up against Vince to hopefully come all the way back and jettison himself right into that playoff picture. So, Tony, you know, I've been hearing all week that the Eagles should turn to Jalen Hurts to kind of, you know, see what they have because they're really – the Eagles aren't really fighting for anything at this point. Um, and, and and I think that's where you are at this point. You know, you're 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 squarely in the playoffs. You're not really fighting for anything. So, you know, would you consider, you know, turning to a Latavius Murray to, you know, see what you have on that bench? Uh, you know, maybe an Evan Ingram, see what you got. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow. Hey, listen, he may not be playing. That's what they're telling us. But what if that was just, you know, a really bad bruise and they end up putting Joe Burrow in? So any thought to uh, turning to some of these unconventional bench players, um, you know, to kind of see what they have. And, um, you know, I'm sure Kevin would like to see that because if they don't perform, Kevin has pretty pretty much coast to a victory, uh, you know, and and then you know, you know, you can really say that you know what you have on your bench. Yeah, well, as, as, uh, as entertaining as it would be for Joe Burrow to roll out there in the wheelchair to take the snaps <laughs> this, this next week, uh, I, I wasn't anticipating uh, benching any of my starters. I don't, I don't think my team is quite in the, possi- in the place yet where uh, I feel good. I, I want to I get to hopefully, uh, I know the buy is out of the picture, but I want to improve my seating as best as I can. So uh, I'm not really in a position where I can go in and start benching guys um, as much as Kevin would probably enjoy that. I, I think there's a lot of guys in the lineup that we don't really know how they're going to perform this week. Uh, Kamara's the biggest one, you know, 
it's a it's a big change for them at QB, and it kind of changes the whole dynamic of that offense. So uh, even if I took him out and put Latavius Murray in, I'm not sure there's any less uncertainty than what's already in there. So uh, sorry, Kevin, this is the lineup you're going to see this week. Um, got a couple got a couple questionable tags in there, so. You could maybe see Calvin Ridley sneak back out at the end of the day, but I, I think this is probably the lineup we're going to come with, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I think I think for Kevin's side, there's there's a lot of good pieces in there. Uh, he just he needs them to perform for him this week, and he needs them to perform big. He's got to put up some big points in the process. So, uh, wouldn't be a bad day for Derrick Henry to have one of those vintage late season 200 yard three touchdown games for him. Well, Kevin, you can't say I didn't try. Um, I definitely gave it a shot. Yeah, you know, hey, I planted the seed. We'll see. Um, but that will do it for the conference call presented by McLaren's Pub. Uh, I hope you enjoy all of your Week 12 action. Pay close attention to these matchups here with Vince and Kevin to see what the playoff scenario is going to look like. We'll be back next week to to break it all down. And look forward to week 13, our final week of the regular season. From the Frosty and Perini podcast, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully you all are staying safe with COVID. Um, if your plans have been altered or changed, uh, maybe not seeing the loved ones that you previously were hoping to spend time with, uh, we, we wish you all the best in whatever version of Thanksgiving you're celebrating. Um, so stay safe out there. And enjoy the Week 12 matchups. For Tony Perini, I'm Derek Frost. We are presented by Steel Valley Media. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Tony, let's listen to that Blitz song one more time. And then Vince, take it away. My blitzy lies over the ocean. My blitzy lies over the sea. My blitzy lies over the ocean. So bring back my blitzy. Please stop. Okay, fine. To me.